All right, all right. Is anybody excited to be at church this weekend? I will tell you this about summer fun. Kids cannot tell when you don't want to be squirted with water guns. I'll tell you that right now, right, without a sign or something like that. I do have some bad news that this week is the final week of family games. Aw, there you go. But hey, what a transformational week in the life of our nation, much less a transformational week to end our series on the family. Now, I want to talk for just a few minutes, and I want to ask you to be really respectful, because not everybody in the room and all of our campuses feels the same way. And so I'm going to ask during these next couple minutes until I pray that we just are a family that respects each other. On Friday, Roe versus Wade was overturned, putting abortion laws in the hands of the state instead of the federal government. For this, this, for some, this is the time of celebration, and for some, this is the time of mourning. And I understand that both are in the room. I understand that both are our campuses and are, are live online, and we love you both. We love you so much. And at Faith Promise, we do not take political stands. It's not who we are as a church. At Faith Promise, we only ever take biblical stands. Now, make no mistake, we celebrate when the kingdom of heaven moves forward. We celebrate whenever God is honored. But this decision is not a call for political celebration. This decision is a call to biblical action. This decision is a call to biblical service. And this call, or this, this decision is a call to biblical sacrifice. If you are a pregnant mother or a woman and you feel afraid right now, you are not alone. We are here for you and we love you. If you or someone you know is pregnant and in need of support, please know that we are here for you and that we will fight for you. And if you have somebody in your life that's not here, we will fight for them. See, because we don't take our cues from a political party, we take our cues from the word. And Psalms 139, verse 13 through 16 says, For you created me in my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It is our belief as a church that God does not make mistakes and gives us what we need in every circumstances. But hey, faith promise, our greatest concern is not how a sin may or may not be legislated, but that we win the world to Jesus. That is our greatest concern even in the world's, even in people's most challenging moments, we are there to win them to Jesus. Now, biblically, I, there, there's things in the Bible that, that may feel unclear. There are issues that we care about today that may seem unclear, but the Bible is very clear that it values, that God values life. And hey, and I, I know we stand on different places potentially, but I want to tell you, no matter where you are, that God has grace for whatever you've walked through, whatever's been done to you, that God has grace and God wants a relationship with you and he loves you. But hey, I believe that Jesus' response to abortion would not be a government law. It would not be a social media post or comment. His response would be action towards mothers, towards kids, and towards families. 
Amen. We, we can applaud. We can, we can cheer for that. So we at Faith Promise want to take action as we represent Jesus. If you are a mother or you know a mother uh, who may be considering abortion, we want you to know that we want to, we're here to serve you. At Faith Promise, we support ministries that support families, uh, such as Choices Resource Center, Hope Resource Center, Pregnancy Resource Center of, <laughs> of Blount County. And hey, you can go straight to those places, or we are your church, you can come to us. Our number is on the screen. The email that you can email is on the screen, and we are ready. We, are, we have anticipation. We don't have judgment. Let, but we don't have any judgment. Who in the world? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I want, I want to pray. Um, and man, before I pray, I know that there's, there's got to be. There's women at our campuses and online that you've walked through this. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you've been used as a pawn in an argument. That's it's just, it's not fair. It's not God's plan for you. He loves you so much. And he has a plan for you. He has, he has such a future for you beyond what you could ever imagine. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a hope in the future. Ephesians 3.20, more exceedingly abundantly, more than you could ever think or imagine. But hey, have faith promise. We're not about being right. We're about being, we're, we're about knowing what God says is right and about being united towards people knowing Jesus. So wherever you find yourself today, God loves you, and we love you, and today marks a moment where we will not be the same. God, we come before you today, and uh, we give you this time, and we just ask that we wouldn't be, we ask we wouldn't be the same. Holy Spirit, we ask we wouldn't be the same. Would you move us? Would you shape us? Would you make us love people like, like, like you've called us to love people? Would you break off cultural molds? Would you, would you Romans 12 to us not to be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can know and test the good and perfect will of God? Revival's coming. Why not here? Why not with us? In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I also want to assure you something about the church that you are a part of is that we're about serving families, not just before babies are born, but we fight for them even after with ministries that we partner with. We partner with uh, quite a few ministries uh, that, that partner with families uh, who, who like Tennessee Kids and, and Knox Area Foster Care and Adoption Ministries, Isaiah House, Tennessee Children for the Home, Compassion Coalition. So I want you to know, as you're looking for somewhere to, to care for families, you're there. I promise you, we have people, it's their job to research, hey, what's making the greatest impact? And that's part of where our generosity, our tithes, and our offerings go. But it's something else that we do at Faith Promise to serve the family is we do FB Kids every weekend 
as we love and disciple kids, as we serve parents to make you and help you be the primary disciple of your kids, because we want to serve you. That's your call as a parent. And we had summer fun this weekend, and there were 656 kids who came. There were 287 winning team members that served, right? It's amazing, 52 kids made a decision to follow Jesus and 101 want to be baptized. That's amazing, it's amazing. And it's a great start and we will continue to press forward towards his kingdom for us and our world to look more like God's kingdom than like the kingdom of this world. You see, our world is getting sucked into a different kind of game, a game of guess who? right? All around us, there seems to be nothing but questions, right? What's right and what's wrong? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman, right? How should a Christian vote, right? Should the Christian take a seat or should the church take a seat or take a stand? If I do this, am I in with God? If I do that, am I out with God, right? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Right? And hey, this is not the first time the church in the world has experienced this. John, the, the disciple that Jesus loved most, he wrote a, he wrote a letter to the church. Uh, he wrote a couple, actually. But we're going to look at one that he wrote to a church in Asia in 1 John. In 1 John chapter 4, our first chap, chapter 4 starts this way. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, our God is not a God of guess who, but our God is a God of truth. So this weekend... Let me ask you, are you tired of the games of guess who? And are you ready for some answers? Are you ready to knock down some confusion? Are you ready to knock out some doubts out of your life and narrow down who God has called you to be and how God has called you to live? Because that's what we're going to do. Now, as I walk through summer fun, as I, as I visited, there, some of your kids look so much like you, there's no question who they belong to, whose parents they are. These were some of my favorite. This is Kylie and June. Look at this, it's like a copy and paste right here, right? Uh, That's one of my favorites. And actually the same family, this is Josh and Quinn. And, uh, and I feel like they look so much alike. It just makes me laugh. It fills me with joy when I see it. But hey, our kids are going to inherit more from us than our physical looks. So let me ask you, what else will they get? What else will your family get? Our kids should inherit a spiritual legacy. And hey, not just our kids, but our spouses and our closest friends. This is so powerful. Listen to this. We, our life affects people, the people, the people they become and the kingdom they belong to. Our life affects the people around us, the people they become and the kingdom they belong to. All summer we've been talking about building and bringing God's kingdom here and now in your life. However, if we're honest, that's not easy. It's hard, right? It's not natural. And if you feel that way, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's hard. It just makes you an honest person. See, our world is natural. And so much about our upbringing, so much about our focus is natural. But God's kingdom is supernatural. So building and bringing God's kingdom will not happen on accident. I love what Dr. John Maxwell says. He says you will never drift to a desired location. 
Have you ever accidentally saved $10,000? Have you ever accidentally lost 10 pounds? I've accidentally done the inverse of both of those things, but never those. You never drift to a desired location. Listen, surely God's kingdom is not a random game of chance. Surely God doesn't want us to live lives of just guessing, not knowing what's happening. But let me tell you this, our opponent loves it even more whenever he can keep God's cards of our identity hidden from us. When he can keep us from knowing God's plan for our life. One of the ways the enemy does that right now is by cheating and changing the rules as we see them. The rule the enemy likes to bend the most is the rule of truth. Truth, absolute truth, right? Maybe you've heard, maybe you've heard his questioning voice in your mind. What is truth, right? Oh, does, does truth even exist? Listen, church, this is one of our greatest opportunities to bring light to darkness and clarity to confusion in this guess who world we live in. But you may say, Pastor, where, where, where do I go to get truth? Right? Where, how, where can I turn to test these spirits that John talked about in 1 John 4, verse 1? One of my favorite places is I like to go to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant, if you're a Christian, he's talking about you, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what this is for, to give us the truth and give us the training that we need to do what God has called us to do. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, probably two months ago, I was sharing my faith uh, with a, a transgender person that's a, a part of our life, transgender woman who's a part of our life, and we, we were just chatting, and, and uh, she's a Unitarian Universalist minister, and we were just talking and chatting, and, and she was telling about the different people in her congregation, and you know, some are Muslim, and some are Jewish, and, and, and Christian, and, and Buddhist, and I said, hey, because if you don't know, all, all those religions believe something pretty different. And I just said, hey, how do you decide what is truth? To stand up there and talk to that array of people, how do you decide what's truth? And the, the Unitarian Universalist, you know, it really believes that all roads lead to God. And so she said, hey, everybody gets to decide their own truth. And I said, well, hey, I, I don't think you want that. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, I do. I said, well, hey, super respectfully, there's people who think the way you're choosing to live your life as a transgender woman is so damaging that they don't want you around their family. Actually, there's some people who are so crazy, let me repeat, crazy, that they think you shouldn't get to live at all. And that's the truth they feel. Do you think that they should get to hold that truth? Because I, I don't. I don't. And we just stared at each other across the table. You have to have a truth. Man of God, Woman of God, are you standing on this truth? This is why we ask you to have a Bible reading plan. Because the Bible brings clarity to our lives. The Bible, the Bible will equip you to win your world. The Bible helps us take the guess who out of the world that the devil wants us to live in. James, the half-brother of Jesus, when he was talking about the Bible, he calls it a mirror. 
right? The Bible's a mirror. Is there anything in your life that brings more clarity than a mirror, right? You ever caught an angle of yourself in the mirror and it ruins your whole day? Yeah? Just me? Okay, that's fine. We can lie today. All right, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But that's why, you know what we do with the Bible sometimes? We, instead of a mirror, we like to use it as a window to judge other people instead of a mirror to look and reflect and say, what's God called me to be? That's what this is for. Now let's go back to 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 4. And there's so much in this chapter we cannot cover all today. So can I encourage you, man of God, woman of God, mom and dad, group, go back and read this chapter this week personally, as a family, and as a group. There's so much of God's kingdom in this passage. I'm telling you, there's so much of God's kingdom in here. Now, during summer fun, uh, we talked about one of our values as a church at Faith Promise, which is we love people. We, and I really do believe 1 John chapter 4, that this is the real love chapter in the Bible. And so let's go through a few verses and highlight how we can love people and not, and not just take the guess who out of our lives, but help take the guess who out of other people's lives as well. I'm going to pick it up again, 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 7. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Because God is love. Listen to me. Listen, I pressed in, but before even the, the voting stuff happened on Friday, I knew God was going to do something this weekend. So I was on my face praying, begging, just asking God, God, give me a word. And can I tell you one that I know came from him? It's this right here. You do not get to pick your avatar and your attributes. Whenever, and guess who, you look at it and you, you give these features and the, about this avatar to try to guess. And the world is looking at you trying to guess who you belong to. And can I just say it one more time? You do not get to set your avatar or your attributes. God did that. See, we like to hammer as Christians the transgender movement or, or abortion, and we like to say this, God doesn't make mistakes. But hey, when that verse said, whoever does not love does not know God, that's not a mistake either. You don't get to pick and choose your truth. God did that. Listen, if you, amen, amen. I, I, if, you, if you do not love, if you reflect on your life right now and you don't have a love for God and a love for people that you can see, biblically, you should be concerned. And I pray that this message, or that that makes you lean into this passage and in this message to see what love means from the truth. Let me ask you a third heaven question, right? If you don't know what that means, two weeks ago, Pastor Cobb did a message, go back and watch it, it's super formative. But let me ask you a third heaven question. Are you a child of God? If you are, let me tell you something maybe no one's ever told you. You look like your dad. Your dad, God, God is love and love comes from God. And the closer that we grow to him, the more that we love others. If you're a Christ follower and you're not sure how to grow, or maybe you're not sure about God yet, can I tell you, this is the difference between God's kingdom and the kingdom of this world. This right here, this is the difference. Christ followers do not pick and choose who we love. We gave that right up 
when we became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So that, that John keeps on going in verse nine. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Can I just tell you this? Our God is not a God of guess who. Our God is a God of already done. See, God defines love. The foundation, the inspiration, the truth of love is this. It's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling, right? There's too much guess who in feeling, right? The inspiration, the foundation, the truth of love is that God loved us and gave his son Jesus to die on a cross for us and our sins. We don't have to guess who. We don't have to guess who and who we should and shouldn't love. We don't have to worry about picking and choosing because God didn't pick and choose who Jesus died for. We didn't earn God's love, so people shouldn't have to do anything to earn our love. They especially shouldn't have to do anything to earn the love from you that God gave you that you didn't deserve. There's no way they should have to earn it from us. Amen. This is, again, this is what God said. We keep on going in verse 11. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Listen, this takes the guess who out of it. Did you see in verse 12, it says, though no one has ever seen him, they can see him through our love for each other. Maybe they haven't seen God with their own eyes, but they'll see a difference, a different kingdom in you. You may say, Zach, how am I supposed to do that? Man, how am I supposed to love like God does? Well, hey, in, in, verse, in verse 13, it says this. This is how we know that we live in him and him in us. He has given us his spirit. Now, we've talked about this all summer, right? We talked about living in the kingdom of God. But it is impossible to build and bring the kingdom of God, the spirit, without following the spirit's leading. So, hey, you may ask, okay, Zach, well, what do I do since I've been given God's spirit? Well, whenever we keep on going this passage, it says what people who have God's spirit, what people who have God's love, what they do. In verse 14, it says, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so they know and rely on the love that God has for them. One of the things that we do when we are led by God's spirit is that we testify or we witness that God sent Jesus to the world to be and to represent, to be the catalyst in the truth of love. Hey, loved people share love with others. And I, I'm already in your business, right? So if you don't mind, I'm going to scooch in just a little bit more. If you don't acknowledge and share God, biblically, I must ask, do you know him? If you don't acknowledge and share God, just from what I'm reading in Scripture, I must ask, do you know him? 
which that's why we're here. That's not a judgment call. That's just, that's just say, hey, there'll be people up front to pray with you. We'll be in the lobby. We want to pray with you. There's not anything more important today than people who don't know Jesus meeting Jesus. At the end of that verse, it said that we know and rely on this love that God has given us. That means that it affects what we do. It affects what's most important to us. This right here, this love is about more than a theory, it's about reality. It's not about information, it's about transformation. That's what this love is about. John keeps on going in verse 16. And again, he says, so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. And it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is, how, uh, this is how love is made complete among us so that we have the confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. So there's no fear in love, but perfect love. Gosh, how bad does our world need this? Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears, who one who fears is not made perfect in love. Listen, this takes the guesswork out of it. If you love others and God, God lives in you. Listen to this passage. It says that God's love includes a judgment. Well, how can God love me if he plans to judge me? Well, God is perfect and we're sinful, but actually when it comes to that judgment, there's even more of a highlight of his love because instead of paying for the sins that you committed, Jesus paid for them on the cross when he gave his life, when he spilled his blood and broke his body and breathed his last. That is love. And that's what we see. You know what else? There's something really powerful in here is that God's love equals confidence on the day of judgment. If judgment day was today, which it could be, are you confident? Are you confident? Because, hey, if you will live with God's reckless love towards God and towards others, you can be confident. But I believe that this makes the inverse true as well. If you are not living with God's love towards God and towards others, you should not be confident when it comes to the day of judgment. And today we're gonna to have a moment where we reevaluate if we've tried to work God into our busy life or if our life is built around the God that made us. See, the next verse brings so much clarity. Let me, let me just read this last bit to you and then we're just gonna have some time with God. In verse 19 it says, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister who they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. God knows what he's doing. In a weekend where we plan for months to talk about loving others, and we're sitting right here right now, and we're about to worship but I believe God wants us to take a moment and evaluate our life. Are we living the life that he called us to live with a reckless love towards God and towards others? And if not, I'm gonna ask you today to repent and repent. You know all repent means? It's not guilt, it's not shame. Repent literally means to turn. Today is a day for us to turn. What matters most in our life to 
turn. What we love most in our life to turn. What we fight more for most in our life to turn towards loving people, sharing the gospel, and building his kingdom. So I'm going to ask you, let's respond. You can come light a candle, represent God lighting a fire in your life. You can take communion and know that that blood that Jesus spilt, that it paid for all your sins so you can walk clean. And that bread that you eat gives you the nourishment to move and walk in who God called you to be. You can kneel to cross. But I want to ask you if today, right now at all of our campuses, if you would say, my life does not reflect 1 John chapter 4 love, that you'd make some movement today. Make your seat at altar. There'll be prayer people up front. You don't have to pray with somebody. Kneel at the altar. But hey, let's move. Church. Hey, let's, let's move. Can we do that? God, I come before you right now. and I just ask that we would look different today. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to represent the feeling I have in my heart that we would look different. I don't know how to enunciate or pronounce or articulate the, the burning fire within me that we would build our life around the gospel and not try to squeeze it in in our busy schedule. So Holy Spirit, we give this moment to you. Would you, Romans 12 too, would you transform us? We love you. Let us be the hands and feet of the gospel. What an opportunity. Can you hear me pray? Amen.